Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, with the uh, Taliban taking back hard-won by NATO, including CAF territory, as the U.S. pulls its military out of Afghanistan after 20 years, we're going to speak now with a former commanding officer of one of the most storied U.S. military units about the Afghan war and pulling out of Afghanistan and working with the CAF. Major General Jeffrey Schlosser was the commanding officer of the U.S. 101st Airborne Division, and General Schlosser commanded the uh, 101st during 15 months of the NATO-Afghan campaign. His book is Marathon War, Leadership in Combat in Afghanistan. I'm reading the book now, and it is a tremendous read. If you have interest in military issues, also geopolitical issues, Leadership issues, this book is for you. Um, the former Secretary of Defense for the United States, Robert Gates, uh, wrote, in part, Marathon War is compelling and honest, telling the story of men and leaders in battle, the filth and gore, the camaraderie, and the impact of soldiers' absence on the families left behind. Jeff Schlosser was a great commander. This book makes clear why. Uh, General Schlosser joins us on the Roy Green Show. General, thank you very much for the time. How much do you miss the military? Oh, Roy, there's not a day I don't wake up in the morning and miss leading, uh, you know, uh, troops. Uh, it's, uh, you know, being a commander of uh, anything from one other person to up to 30,000 was uh, self-actualizing for me. So uh, not not a day goes by and I don't miss it. Yeah, I, I, I gather that as I read your book. And, uh what happened in Afghanistan had a lot to do with your resignation from the military, and we'll talk about that in a minute or in a little while. The, the, Afghan, the Afghan mission itself was a response to, to 9-11. And so what were the objectives? And were they, as you look at the situation on the ground today, General, have they been achieved? Well, you know, I think right after 9-11, you know, most of our citizens these days, if you, if you, you know, and if you're younger than 20, uh, this did not occur in your lifetime. But... Uh, we lost 3,000 Americans and, by the way, Canadians and others uh, in those bombings in our country. And, you know, we set out at that time, not America alone, obviously Canada was with us from the very start, um, to do two things. One was is to bring justice to the folks that plotted that, uh, which was al-Qaeda, and we knew they were in Afghanistan. And then two, to uh, ensure that uh, those that supported them also met justice, which was the Taliban. So, I mean, Roy, looking backwards, you know, over the space of a couple of years, uh, we were able to push al-Qaeda and the Taliban out of Afghanistan. And eventually, 10 years later, we, were, we found Osama bin Laden. Um, but that's not the rest of the story or the whole story, obviously. But those initial, what we set out to do, we did accomplish that. Yeah, I, I know uh, from speaking with some veterans or Canadian veterans who were in Afghanistan, and seeing uh, things that have been written to them uh, by former officers, senior officers of the military who commanded them in Afghanistan. I know many of the veterans are feeling a sense of uh, loss, a sense of maybe a sense of betrayal at the uh, pullout from Afghanistan, knowing what they sacrificed, including losing their their, uh, their comrades, and their brothers in arms. And So how do you see that, the pulling out now of U.S. forces uh, from Afghanistan. You don't think it's going to end well, do you, for Afghans or for the United States? No, I don't. I mean, and that's the last part of that question you asked me, but let me go back to the front part. Um, 
I'm not a big believer in forever wars, but um, my family has had a lot of uh, caught skin in the game. I did use a metaphor. You know, my father retired after an army career, and then he was an army contractor in a Kabul, uh, setting up the Ministry of Defense. Uh, you know, right after 9/11, and then obviously I served there for 15 months, and you know, uh, in command. Um, my son served later uh, as a special operations uh, soldier uh, in Afghanistan. Three generations, um, and uh, so yeah, we. I am concerned about what's happening there. I don't believe that uh, we should participate in wars forever, but uh, I think most of our citizens know that, you know, and this was Canada's longest war too, by the way, let me yes, point that out, uh, that, you know, all wars have to end, but you have to end them appropriately. And uh, in my mind, I'm afraid that the way we've withdrawn, and this is the U.S. primarily, the way that we've withdrawn has made it virtually impossible to have what I believe to be an outcome um, that any of us are going to be satisfied with within two years or three years. So it's going to be it's going to be a repeat, repeat performance. Afghanistan will be once again controlled by insurgents, by the Taliban, and and will once again uh, target the West, and we'll be back where we were before before nine eleven. Is that what you're saying? I believe that yes. I mean, uh, I think that, uh, but there's more horrible things, consequences beyond that. And you started the show with uh, talking about some of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me just talk off the basics. I, there's, I think, very little chance that the Afghan army uh, and the security forces, uh, without the logistic support, without the air support, without the trainers and advisors that uh, our nations have been supplying for the last several years, um, without that, I'm afraid that they're going to not be able to take care of uh, the Taliban in a way that will keep them out of the major cities, which is the biggest issue. Um, once they're in, able to you know, put huge pressure on the provincial capitals and eventually on Kabul, I think that most of those provincial cities will fold. I'm not sure about Kabul, but what will happen is a civil war, not unlike what happened after the Soviets left uh, Afghanistan. Uh, there'll be militias fighting on the behalf of the legitimate government, some fighting on behalf of their tribal leaders, um, some you know fighting for ethnic reasons. Um, and uh, civil war in Afghanistan is nothing uh, uh, other than a horrific, uh, brutal uh, warfare. And I'm afraid that in that, you're going to see uh, al-Qaeda come back. Uh, separate from will be Islamic State, um, more to try to control Afghanistan and, and actually press the Taliban. But Al Qaeda, they're they're you know they're going to plot against us. I mean, it's against the West, against NATO, against America. Clearly, our very close allies, which Canada's quote is you know can't think of anybody closer. Um, and that's that is going to be a challenge for us in the coming years. The human diaspora, or if it doesn't become a diaspora, leaving the, the country, uh, if, if some Afghans don't leave, including our interpreters, and, and obviously America has a huge challenge getting the, as many people that supported us back here, but so does Canada. Um, if we don't do that, um, then shame on us. I mean, you know, it's been our word all these years, and they put their lives online, and it'll be also their families. But it's also the people, uh, the kids that actually they were born after 9-11. They did not know the Taliban. And we gave them a vision of the future collectively that they could grow up and not have to wear a burqa and be confined to a house, say the women, 
you know, the girls could go to school and they could have medical care. And all that has actually been fulfilled. Um, you know, the life expectancy is like 10 years more than when we first went in now for the typical Afghan uh, child. Um, there are schools. Women go to do things like our journalists. They're, you know, they are uh, uh, writers. They are all kinds of different things. They have an incredible amount of uh, presence in the society, including politicians. That, I think, is going to be challenged over the next, really, over the next several months to a couple of years. Now, in Marathon War, you, uh, you, you say it's all about the children of Afghanistan, and you write about what you saw while you were there with schoolgirls attacked and sprayed with acid because they attended schools. And you're absolutely correct. I hadn't thought of this, General. These children who grew up after NATO uh, entry into Afghanistan have never known that, that life under the Taliban. That's completely foreign to them. Yeah. And I, you know, so it's not only is it incumbent upon our nations to, you know, obviously take care of the interpreter and their families, um, but it's also, I think, incumbent for us to ensure that uh, all these Afghans that had a better life ahead of them, they thought, uh, you know, to the children that are now young adults, uh, that we help them too, you know, whether it's allowing them to, uh, you know, immigrate immigrate to someplace else that's outside or or clearly as long as it's feasible try to ensure that you know human rights and things of that nature are actually respected in afghanistan unfortunately having you know studied the taliban well prior to uh, being engaged in fighting them um and then watching in the aftermath now just what's occurring up in uh, certain areas where they have completely taken over I am not uh, optimistic that they're going to allow uh, you know women and children to continue what has been going on for 20 years. In other words, actually freedom for them to become what, what they shan, what they can be. And, uh, and so that really does. It, 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 that really bothers me. I think you can tell that. My guest is the former commanding officer of the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army, Major General Jeffrey Schlosser. His book is Marathon War, Leadership in Combat in Afghanistan. Again, Robert Gates, who was the U.S. Secretary of Defense from 2006, to 2011, reviewed the book in part this way. Marathon War is compelling and honest, telling the story of men and leaders in battle, the filth and the gore, the camaraderie, and the impact of soldiers' absence on the families left behind. Jeff Schlosser was a great commander. This book's ma- book makes clear why, and I am enjoying reading the book. Um, enjoying doesn't even begin to describe. It's an experience. General, it's an experience to read your book. It really is. And uh, congratulations on, on the way you wrote it. It's compelling reading. It's, uh, Roy, it's probably, uh, it was, i got to be honest with you, it was the most challenging thing probably in my life was to write it. Uh, you know, I had to confront, uh, I, I say in the book, you know, I would take my memories at night and kind of package them up and put them in the journal. And then in some cases I tried to forget them because they were painful. You know, rereading my journals you know, brought all that back out again. So I got to tell you, it was a challenge to write it. But I think I uh, hope people that take the time to read it will see it's very personable and personal and, uh, and very brutally honest about, uh, you know, what you can accomplish in war uh, and what it does to those of us that we send off to war and those that stay behind the families. So let me ask you, let me combine two questions here. Hopefully this will work. Did NATO overreach? in what it hoped to achieve in Afghanistan, trying to hold uh, maybe too much territory, supporting a corrupt government, and hoping to win the hearts of people 
who had never lived as NATO changed life. So that's part of, of this. And then on a microcosmic um, uh, angle or perspective, there was one battle in one small place that took place that also changed your life and had a lot to do with you leaving the military. Can you put those two together for us, please? Yeah, I can, because uh, what you're referring to, the second portion of that is the Battle of Wanat. And, yes. uh, you know, our listeners can, all you have to do is Google that, and uh, you'll get uh, hundreds of articles about it. And I do t- deal with that inside this book, because it was uh, the most uh, uh, difficult cha- uh, battle that occurred during my 15 months there, and uh, without the utter, un- uh, just the sheer bravery of uh, of a number of airborne soldiers that may have not have gone the way it did, which uh, they prevented the, a outpost from being out overrun, but they lost nine uh, American soldiers and uh, uh, and many, many, many horrific, uh, horrifically wounded. So we thought we understood. When we went to this, the town, think of it as uh, why not, our purpose was to do counterinsurgency. We were going to go in and economically help that area of, the, uh, of Afghanistan and connect the, the local mayor and the local police to their national, uh, to Kabul. Um, never really had been done before. And we were going to help them provide their own security. There were Afghan army soldiers there as well as police. Um, the battle occurs when insurgents, Taliban insurgents, were helped by a number of other uh, types of uh, insurgents, basically encircled uh, at night. The people walked out. The police turned against the Americans, us, and uh, and we were basically surrounded by very intense fire. Um, my decision to leave was strategic. Uh, you know, in other words, I, I I was basically I didn't want to lift a finger to help those villagers. Uh, in fact, I was going to try to hunt down and arrest the police chief if we could ever find them. Um, but it is a basically a a metaphor for the larger war. You know, we didn't understand why not very well. We didn't understand those people, obviously. We came in with good purpose. Uh, very, I mean, you know, you couldn't help economically, help you know, security-wise, and, and help politically. Uh, and yet uh, we didn't realize that uh, the corruption and, uh, and was such that, uh, you know, for another dollar, they'd turn their way and, and basically turn on us. That's the same thing that happened in Afghanistan, I think, writ large. Uh, NATO did overreach. We tried to do more than what was probably humanely possible. Now, that said, Roy, I would like the chance to, if you ask me, was it all worth it? Uh, I deal with that in my book. In fact, the last paragraph, the last five sentences basically deal with that. And, And so don't get the impression that I don't think that it was 20 years of wasted war. That wasn't, uh, you know, uh, but it, it that definitely did indicate to me that battle that we didn't know exactly what we were about, and it was almost impossible to achieve what we had set out to do. Yeah. General Schlosser, I was about to actually reference that uh, that last part of your book. Um, was it worth it? I Honestly, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the questions I wanted to ask you. So would you be kind enough to come back and, and join us again, and we'll talk some more about your oh, book absolutely. and more about the yeah, experience? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.